Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Neil Garfield Show, a presentation sponsored by www.livinglies.wordpress.com, GTC Honored, and The Garfield Firm, serving all 50 states with news and analysis of the latest bank scams against borrowers, homeowners, consumers, and investors, and providing legal representation throughout Florida. This program is for general information only. It is not a solicitation for services or legal representation and should never be used as a substitute for advice from a licensed professional. And now, here's world-renowned financial expert, attorney, and blogger, Neil Garfield. Garfield, and this is Thursday, November 15th, 2018, How Time Flies. My son has a birthday this coming Sunday. He'll be 49. How Time Flies. Next Thursday is Thanksgiving, and we'll be off that night. Since I first identified City as the probable leader in the vast securitization fraud back in 2007, more and more people are taking a closer look at their at, at City's claims for bailout and its claims for foreclosure, all performed under various names, such that it is like a game of musical chairs when you're talking about any action involving any one of their companies or the names they use. They have had their cake up until now. They ate it, and they still have it. But slowly, the walls are closing. The city companies all travel under the banner of the city logo, but the logo is not a fictitious name for it. And in reality as we'll try to get into on tonight's show, every name is interchangeable with another name, which is uh, an attempt to have it both ways. On the one hand, they want to be treated, they want each of their subsidiaries and affiliates to be treated as independent legal entities. And on the other hand, They say it doesn't matter whether it's one company or the other that owns the mortgage for foreclosure or enforcement of the note or collection of the debt or whatever it is. There have been many cases involving that type of thing with City and with Chase in which um, the courts have, have held the obvious that if you're going to create a legal entity, a legal person, which under Citizens United has various civil rights, including that uh, uh, expression of views and giving money and so forth for elections, that you can't just ignore the existence, the legal existence, the corporate veil, whatever you want to call it, of, of that entity. So you've got this 
entity name a city mortgage that may or may not even be a real entity and other names that may or may not be real entities and may or may not be shell entities um, that have essentially been the leaders in corrupting our judicial system with actual skullduggery, theft, perjury, forgery, and setting off a financial explosion uh, the echoes of which can easily be heard in all the elections since 2008. People know they've been screwed, they just don't know how. Tonight we talk about what to look for and where the banks cannot hide. But let me tell you a story first, which may help you along that road. And since we're talking mostly about city, I can tell you I have probably two dozen articles or more on the Living Lies blog on the subject of city, all of which can be found by entering the search bar on the blog and just typing C-I-T-I, city. So here's the story. I've reported on parts of this story before. I had a case a few years ago that had all the hallmarks of lying, cheating, and corruption you would ever want to know, and all that you would hope could never happen in this country, a nation of laws. When the case came to me, there were two foreclosures on the same property, each by a different plaintiff. The second one was the supposedly active one, and it named city mortgage as the claimant in foreclosure. It now appears that city mortgage is a fictitious name used by city group entities um, as, as and when they choose. The plot thickened when my client started to track the docket over the internet on a daily basis. She'd dial up or get on the internet, go into the clerk's uh, registry, and look up her docket on her case. She noted that there were some very peculiar things going on. While she had previously been complaining about never getting a straight answer as to who owns the debt and who had any rights here, the clerk's office was changing the name of the plaintiff. Not once, but twice, and actually three times if you consider the other foreclosure that was open. In this case, the two changes, or actually three changes when they finally settled on the name City Mortgage to be the plaintiff, they were not accompanied by the filing of any pleadings. So the question was, where did these changes come from? Who did it and why? Altogether, we had five claimants on the same foreclosure, including something called City Mortgage, and Washington Mutual, which was dead. My inquiries to the clerk's office were even more enlightening 
and scary, frankly, when I made the inquiries about um, Oskaloosa County, Florida. I learned that that county had been audited by the Florida auditor investigating corruption in that county. I also was told that it was the only such investigation in the entire history of the state of Florida. As part of it, it was local news, some officer in a travel department or something actually committed suicide during the investigation. I don't know if it had to do with the investigation or maybe personal. My inquiries to the clerk's office went something like this, because I was just talking about this case, but I learned about other stuff as I went along the way. Yes, they knew who made the digital changes in the clerk's official records. They had no idea why the changes were made. No, I couldn't speak with the person who made those changes. No CPR-1 trust, which was one of the changed names, had ever done any business in that county, and nor had it ever registered to do business or ever filed anything in the clerk's office or any other office. So it couldn't be just an accidental pickup from some other document. No, they couldn't tell me whether AB and AMRO shown as also listed on the clerk's official records as plaintiff, whether it had anything to do with this loan or why it, it, it appeared. I'm going to tell you in a minute how these things occurred. No, they couldn't tell me what connection, connection Washington Mutual had with the loan. But they did say it had all been corrected and that the plaintiff was city mortgage. I asked whether any pleadings in the name of CPR1 Trust had been filed. No. Or ABN AMRO. No. Then why would the clerk make the changes? They didn't know, or so they said. It was obvious to me in the context of the larger investigation done by the Florida auditor out of Tallahassee that money was being used to gain entry into official records and make changes whenever they wanted. I think the, um, my opinion is that CPR One Trust was a placeholder entity that had been used several times by city and other banks um, while decisions were being made and calculations were being done as to where the mortgage and who would be the named claimant on the on a foreclosure, that decision wasn't made based upon who owned it. It was based upon based upon who said it. That's a very important distinction. And ABN AMRO was also used in a similar role, but ABN AMRO was a real, live, existing entity 
that had a history with uh, City in, and LaSalle, uh, LaSalle Bank, uh, in which uh, LaSalle Bank was virtually acquired by ABN AMRO by a reverse merger where it issued so much stock to the owners of ABN AMRO that they became the owners of LaSalle. And then LaSalle was merged into Bank of America, obviously making plenty of money for the people who had anything to do with these transactions. And ABN AMRO was acquired by City, by one of City's subsidiaries. So this is all an incestuous type of relationship uh, that is done, like I said, with an eye towards musical chairs rather than the rule of law or telling the truth or anything like that. Elizabeth Warren said that City is, is one company that should be broken up into tiny pieces. In effect, they have done that, but it's all controlled centrally. Uh, they have lots of subsidiaries that have been merged, uh, and now they have fewer subsidiaries at the moment, but I'm quite certain, given their history, that they will have more subsidiaries later. So let me emphasize that these things that I'm talking about City are not things that I just heard about or that I read about. Uh, I was directly and personally involved every step of the way in the investigation. Um, it was me asking the question. It wasn't somebody else that I heard about it or I was standing by or whatever. So we went to court and I asked the judge, a senior judge, who was relatively fair and had occasionally ruled on behalf of homeowners, um, I asked him to uh, put the uh, uh, order the case be uh, put on the calendar for complex litigation instead of being tried in five minutes on a rocket docket. He was skeptical, and the skeptical judge asked what was so complex about a foreclosure. So I told him everything that I just told you guys just now. And I said that I had referred the matter for criminal prosecution, namely tinkering with official records. Nothing ever came of that, by the way. The judge was not very inclined to rule for homeowners, but had done so. And when I showed him proof, of the changes on the clerk's site, he changed his attitude quite a bit because my client had actually printed out a screenshot. She wasn't just saying it happened. She had proof that it had happened. And now the clerk's office was admitting it. The judge showed his judicial assistant, who right there in front of us called the clerk of the court, asked a few questions, and then literally went pale. Upon seeing that, 
the judge immediately granted my motion and we were put into complex litigation where I was quite certain that we would have a victory. My certainty was very poorly placed. That wasn't the end of the story by any means. I filed detailed affirmative defenses and discovery in front of what turned out to be a very newly appointed judge after the departure of another judge. I was flabbergasted by the ruling or rulings that came out of that judge. Never saw it before in another case, whether it was mine or anybody else's. He basically ruled that all of the defenses should be struck and all discovery requests denied. I realized that not being a hometown boy, I could not do what was right in that case, and I immediately told my client that she needed to find another attorney who was local. She did, and as I understand it, the case was settled out of court with confidentiality in as much as City didn't want it known that they had influence over the clerk's office and had used it for their own reasons and their own benefit probably to demonstrate that CPR-1 owned the loan when CPR-1 was being sold, and probably to demonstrate that ABN AMRO owned it uh, when ABN AMRO was being bought. But that's just speculation on my part. I'm broadcasting live from Duval County, Florida, and this show is brought to you by the Living Lies blog, GTC Honors, Lending Lies, Amgar, and the Garfield Firm. And this show is specially brought to you because of donations in this holiday time to the Living Lies blog from listeners like you. Thank you. And for those of you who are not yet contributors, we ask that you hit the donate button on the blog or call 954-451-1230 or 202-838-6345. Pledge whatever you think you can afford. If this show has value for you, if our work on the blog and our radio shows, which occur without payment or any other support, has value to you, then chip in. Make a contribution to help us continue helping you and all consumers. So we've been over uh, in brief form, because that's all the time we have, uh, the LaSalle, ABN AMRO, City shell game, uh, which you should be aware of uh, if you have any case involving the U.S. Bank and Bank of America as trustee, uh, Bank of America uh, claims to be uh, a a successor trustee to LaSalle Bank on a so-called remake trust. Uh, All of that happens within the city uh, orbit. Then you also have cases, which again, I have had direct contact with, where city 
of course, they always want the foreclosure. They don't want the loan to work out. They they need the foreclosure uh, for a variety of reasons. One is they're going to take the money. Two is by getting the judgment, it raises a legal presumption that everything that went on before it, it was valid. And there are several other reasons why they would want the foreclosure and never want the money. In fact, they argue as much when presented with various offers to pay them. One such occasion um, that I've seen repeated uh, probably five dozen times, 60 times, is Penny Mac uh, agrees to a modification and then City Mortgage supposedly steps in when in fact Penny Mac was just operating at the behest of City one of the city companies acting as city mortgage um, and and says, whatever happened with Penny Mac, we don't care, we're foreclosing. That, uh, the Florida 2nd DCA knocked that partic particular scam down. But there are many cases like that out there involving city. So, my point here is that if you do your research carefully, slowly, methodically, and analyze it, think it through, make the connections, you'll see why so many people are, who actually contest foreclosures by any city entity, so many of them win their cases and... Uh, end up with a settlement and uh, under seal of confidentiality where they can't talk about the existence of the case or the settlement or how much they got or anything like that. So let me just run down in the last few minutes here some of the various uh, uh, historical things of note about the city companies uh, going far back uh, the Astor family the Rockefeller family all had something to do with uh, National City Bank which became first National City Bank etc and um, uh, the the uh, uh, Citibank, if you take the names that it, uh, it acquired, uh, originated in 1812 as the Citibank of New York, uh, and then First National Citibank of New York, etc. Um, the the story being told is that as a result of the global financial crisis of 2008-2009, there were huge losses in the value of subprime mortgage assets that Citi claimed were its losses. And it received a bailout by aid from the U.S. government. My own investigation and analysis indicates that they, they had some moderate losses, but nowhere near 
um, uh, the amount that was claimed by Citi, and for that matter by other banks who received bailout funds from the U.S. government, and the only reason they claimed the losses uh, and overstated the losses was to divert attention from the fact that they had converted the wealth of investors to their own pockets and had suffered no real losses. Remember, <clears throat> these banks were not giving out loans. They were selling loans. They weren't acquiring certificates or mortgage bonds, not that they were worth anything, but assuming they weren't, they, they weren't acquiring them, they were selling them. They were a broker for them. But when it came time to, to cry that they had lost money on the loans or on the paper that they had issued, those certificates or mortgage bonds uh, or, or whatever they might be called, City, Bank of America, Chase, Wells Fargo all claimed that the losses were theirs. So they got the money, and the investors, who actually suffered some losses, sometimes catastrophically, they never got a dime. Same thing happens with foreclosures. When the property is liquidated, the proceeds of the liquidation does not go to the investors. Not now, not ever, never did. Not if, we, if you've got anything even remotely resembling a securitization scheme. The money is kept by the intermediaries using various ploys like service or advances and things like that. That never happened either. Uh, uh, it's, it's all a matter of scams and ploys and lies and theft and forgery and fabrication. So there are probably a dozen, uh, or there were probably a dozen major subsidiaries of city. It's dialed down on October 1st, 2006. Uh, that was absorbed into like a half a dozen. Um, and then there was another four uh, subsidiaries that were consolidated into Citibank, uh, South Dakota NA. Um, uh, so you have a consolidation occurring uh, over the years which is now expanding back out again because securitization is back in full tilt, which is going to result in uh, uh, so-called bad loans. Um, and, and by the way, the, the, the incentive is to overappraise the, the asset, the collateral, because that virtually guarantees a loss on the loan, um, and if they have a guarantee of a loss on the loan, that gives them a sure bet to hedge the loan, which is to say to 
buy or sell various types of so-called private contracts, I call them securities, that pay off when the loan or when the certificate, the mortgage bond, uh, uh, fails. So you got to realize these banks were making money on the way up and especially on the way down. And the losses they claimed were largely, if not entirely. So I want to thank everybody. It's a good time to do it for the support you've shown to the blog, to me, to the radio show. I wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving and happy Hanukkah and Merry Christmas and happy Kwanzaa and whatever else I'm missing. I hope you have a good show is in two weeks. Thank you for listening. We'll be back then. Tell your friends about us and let them know that there is hope and help in this financial crisis. Tune in every week to The Neil Garfield Show for free information and advice and visit our blog daily at The Living Lives Blog. We provide support services, the latest strategies, analysis, expert consultations, testimony, and declarations to use in your battle against the largest economic crime in human history. For information concerning Neil, the team at Living Lies, or the law firm, go to www.livinglies.wordpress.com or call 520-405-1688. The opinions expressed on this broadcast are those of the host and should not be attributed to any other person or entity. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.